to the Album Nerds Podcast with your hosts, Andy, Todd, and Dude. Hello, hello. It is indeed the Album Nerds Podcast. I'm Dude. I'm here with Andy and Don. It's a new day here at the Album Nerds Podcast. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We've got uh, a brand new member of the family. <laughs> We're welcoming Don to the show. Third host, third heat, and a whole lot of fun. How you fellas doing? What's up? What's up, dude? We're good. How you doing, Andy, Todd, and dude. <laughs> it's an it's an honor to be here. So excited to have you, man. Very cool. So yeah, we're uh, changing up our format a little bit on the show today. So we're gonna have still the usual two records. We're gonna have three. The other big change is we're kind of doing introducing this new character to the show. I guess you could say the uh, <laughs> the wheel of musical. Destiny or density, depending on how you say. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, let, let a, we put a bunch of random genres, artists, decades on this wheel, and we are going to spin it at the end of each show, and it will dictate what we talk about on the next one. So we're going to get a chance to discover new things. We're being forced to discover new things and and invest time in new things. So it should be fun. I think it's a great way to allow you, the listener audience, to kind of influence what we're going to be picking in the future. Uh, we'll tell you more about that later in the show. So we gave that wheel a spin uh, earlier in the week, and it landed on a big, bright purple space labeled Prince. So we're super excited to dig into three of his classic records from his enormous discography that he put out over the four decades that he was active. Yeah. So, you know, Prince obviously refers to uh, the pop artist or R&B artist or whatever you want to call him. Um, but he was born Prince Rogers Nelson and had a hugely prolific career. Also, you know, produced and, and wrote songs uh, for, for many artists. Uh, unfortunately, he died in, in 2016 uh, at the age of 57. But, you know, during his, his long career, he recorded, you know, 39 of, of his own albums. Right. In addition to everything else he's done. So, um, so that's Prince. And, you know, uh, there was some, you know, discussion about, you know, whether we wanted to open this up to the entire Prince universe, you know, because he has contributed to so many artists. Uh, and I think we just, um, you know, we settled on the idea that, that him writing just one song for, for an album, you know, like Manic Monday or Nothing Compares to You, um, you know, is not enough to warrant choosing that album. But if it was something, you know, to which he, you know, produced the majority of the album or wrote songs for the majority the album than that would play but spoiler alert you know we all chose prince albums yes shall we jump in let's do it you choo choo choose me yes my first choice for this record here <laughs> is uh from 1995 the gold experience record which uh came out kind of in the midst of controversy surrounding his record contract. Uh, But before we get into all that drama, why don't we play a little taste from the opening cut entitled P Control. control. My God. Dude, that note is unreal, right? (laughs) So much fun. I mean, so yeah, it's a little taste of P-Control, the opening cut off of the Gold Experience. 
Uh, man, what a great, what a great opening cut. I absolutely adore that track. Personally, I think it's so much fun. It sets the tone pretty nicely. It doesn't, I don't know if he ever really gets back to the height of that song on this record. But regardless, so we, we're trying a new, uh, little bit on the show here. We try to describe the record in three words or less. Mm-hmm. So for me, I said this record was consistent. For a Prince record, I think it has a fairly funky, consistent tone and quality is pretty high. It's also very shiny. And that there's a lot of glossy production. Because it's gold. <laughs> and it's gold, yes. Of course. Good, good catch. And I felt like it was maybe a little bit safe. It wasn't, didn't really break any new ground for him. Uh, it was kind of maybe a retread of, of sounds that he had introduced across maybe the last, you know, five or ten years of his career. Um, but still really good. And I, 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 did, I did enjoy this the most of, I listened to even primarily his 90s records. Um, I felt like this was a good, a good solid, like, not middle of the road, but like a, but upper tier, upper echelon prints, but not really representative, I guess, of what, of what he was doing in the nineties. Do you guys want to give me some initial thoughts? Maybe some, some words that came to mind when you guys were digging into this record? Uh, yeah. I mean, I thought that that particular track, I just think it's lazy to call it that kind of control when it's about a woman taking charge of things and and not yeah. just in the in bed but in life right the and i'm sure there was a reason for a respectful subject being done in a way that perhaps is disrespectful or perhaps at the time the thought was taking control of a word that people use mm-hmm. negatively or you know in a you know, in a in a fashion. So taking it and owning it, I I think is probably what was the intention. But for me, I I, I mean, I'd never listened to this record because I I remember seeing it in record stores I worked at, and I assumed it was some kind of greatest hits collection. Hmm. Just because of the name. Oh or, yeah, yeah. The gold the gold experience right. and and like I, golden records. You know. Yeah, and none of these songs were on the radio that I ever heard, so mm-hmm. I wasn't even aware of it as a album and the only song that was on the radio <laughs> is missing from the digital version of this album oh yeah yeah well, we could talk about that but but don what, what's your initial impressions on the record uh well i'll just uh, i'll start by saying you know in 1995 this is not something that was on my radar um you know i wasn't listening to to pop radio i, I wasn't watching mtv anymore so um you know i'm glad to finally have the opportunity to you know be to listen to some of this 90s prints and i was really you know quite quite impressed with the album actually i mean i've always known you know prince is is amazing but he you know i've never really explored his 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 catalog uh and that's you know something that's been you know on my on my list and you know this was an opportunity to to finally do that um and this you know this album was a was a pleasant surprise i i'm intrigued that you said it, it was safe because you know it seemed pretty uh, eclectic to me um although uh, the three albums that we that we covered today i, I think they're all um pretty uh, eclectic yeah i think it's kind of, it just goes to the territory there with prince is such a creative sort of force where it feels like it just has so many ideas. So, I mean, the interesting kind of background with this record here is he had already recorded this record as well as one other record, Come, which came out in 94, had him kind of in his vault, supposedly along with many other tracks um, that he had ready to go. Warner Brothers was not, didn't want to release them all so quickly for, you know, obvious financial reasons. Um, so they kind of had this shelved for, I think, over over a year before it actually came out. So he had those contract disputes going on. He was trying to get out of his contract with Warner Brothers. Part of that was 
the name change was was kind of wrapped up in this whole thing, which I remember seeing in the news as a young lad, uh, seeing that he was no longer Prince. He was now just a symbol, and like, what did the symbol mean? And he, even he can't really describe exactly what the symbol means. So the whole thing felt kind of like, wow, this kind of like really rich stars, you know, complaining about this right. $100 million contract, and now he has to go by a different name. So the whole thing was kind of off-putting at the time. But I think like, if you dig into the music... He's still at his creative peak or still, you know, in control of his creative powers at this point and really put out some pretty, pretty cool music. So as the dude alluded to, um, one of the lead single actually was a track that's not available on streaming currently, The Most Beautiful Girl in the World, which is a really beautiful ballad, I believe, about his then girlfriend's going to be wife. Dude, do you have any background on that? No, at the time there were, there were rumors that it was about this soap opera actress from General Hospital, but oh, that's that I didn't look into it at all, but that Vanessa somebody other, but that was the, at the time that's what people were saying, but that was before things were posted anywhere. It was said and someone else said it to someone else and someone else said it to someone else. So who knows where it all started? <laughs> yeah. There's a few tracks like that on here where there's like rumors around them. There's also the track a little bit later on sound in the track listing, um, Billy Jack Bitch, which yeah. Seems to be about someone who reported badly on Prince, and there's speculations about a specific reporter at the the Minneapolis uh, Star. Though Prince would not not confirm that. Yeah, there's lots of kind of just yeah. weird background noise behind this record. I guess which kind of goes along with having such a big star like Prince. Yeah, it, it, to to me of the '90s albums, like I would take Diamonds and Pearls or even uh, the Love Symbol album over this. My name is Prince. And he, it just is overwhelmed with sounds. And, and this one isn't. This is all Prince, but it's just very samey to me and, and not enough of his vavoom that he has, not enough guitar, not enough vocal uh, variation. Good point there, man. Um, I think one moment where some of that virtuoso of, of Prince's uh, guitar playing stands out a little bit on the very last cut here, which... It's entitled Simply Gold. The song was held as the next Purple Rain by Prince, actually, before the album's release. Um, why don't we just play a little snippet of, I think, probably one of the high points of the record, the uh, guitar solo that kind of closes things out, the gold experience. Yeah, still, kick, still kicking some ass there. I, you know, those those moments are not are few and far between on this record, but when they do hit, I think they're pretty great. Well, I I, I came to like it quite a bit. I don't know if I would put it above the Love Symbol record. Yeah, probably I would. I think I would. Yeah, I would. Uh, Don, what did you think over final final impression? You come back to this one later on or? I like this this album uh, a lot, um, but uh, you know I'm not as well versed in, in Prince as you guys are. I, you know I have not heard. I'll confess I have not heard all 39 albums. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I'd I'd probably in the 25 to 30 okay. range of actually all the way through. What about you, Andy? Uh, I made it through the 80s a couple of years ago, and I made it through like the late 90s now. But I still have probably uh, <laughs> at least. 15 to go. Yeah. It's not more. <laughs> yeah. So I'm in, I'm in single digits, but, um, I don't, th- this album impressed me uh, a, a lot, particularly that, that final track stood out to me. 
Um, but, you know, and I like the sort of the concept of it, you know, the basically the operator, you know, telling you mm-hmm. to, you know, it's, it's almost like it's a journey through, you know, what Prince does, uh, which I, you know, I, I find that I'm a sucker for that kind of thing. Yeah. No, me too. There was like, there's a little operator voice that kind of guides you through these different experience types, which is, you know, maybe it sounds a little hokey nowadays, but I think it helps to tie the record together. I appreciate the effort, if nothing else. Yeah. And I, uh, I, I gotta say that, um, I don't miss the single on it. I, I think a lot of great albums, if you, if you took the lead single out of it, you know, something's missing, mm-hmm. but. Supposedly, some, there's some Italian song that sounds yeah. very similar and oh, they actually ruled in the original composer's favor. So, at least in Italy, Prince does not have rights to that song. <laughs> and I think that's why it's kind of spread across the streaming platforms. Yep, so that was The Prince with The Golden Experience, came out in 1995. Uh, the majority of it is available to stream at your pleasure. Hi, everyone. Since we recorded this episode, it was announced that Sony has acquired the rights to Prince's song, The Most Beautiful Girl in the World. You can now listen to the song and the complete track list of Prince's The Gold Experience on all major streaming services. All right, back to your regularly scheduled episode of the Album Nerds podcast. All right, we're going to take a little intermission from Prince and do something fun. Excuse me, I'd like to ask you a few questions. All righty, our question today with Prince and the symbol got uh, got us thinking about pseudonyms. And, and Prince's and real name is Prince, which I would have never guessed. I mean, you've got a, a lot of people... <laughs> With cool names like that. And Madonna's yeah. another one. That's actually her name. So it got us thinking about pseudonyms and especially someone like myself who uses them online. And I think everybody does. So guys, pseudonyms, uh, they're more and more common with the online world. What names have you used and why? Yeah. Um, I almost always use the screen name everything because I felt like it was... The biggest cop out I could come up with, or just <laughs> like, well, I associate myself with anything. Really, I'd just be huh. as vague as possible. <laughs> how how old were you when you started using that? College, I believe. Right. So there's probably some like sort of impressive story you'd tell people about how <laughs> everything's about everything, man. <laughs> I can picture it now. Yeah, right? yeah, it was much more. It's all connected. Philosophical <laughs> in my twenties. <20s. laughs> nice. Yeah. How about you, Dom? What do you, uh, what do you go I've by? always been pretty boring when it comes to like, you know, h- handles and stuff. Um, there, there is a Morrissey song called Dagenham Dave. And I have no real connection to that song or the, the city of Dagenham, but I just ended up going with Dagenham Don because it's alliteration. Uh, so there's a, okay. there's a boring answer. I, oh, I, yeah. Well- you're getting the musical little wink in there. I mean, I yeah, didn't know that. Yeah. I've known you for a long time. I just was like, what's Dag and Ham Don? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I think I've also used uh, Don the Revelator. Ah, I the like Revelator. that one too. That sounds medieval, <laughs> man. <I like> that. <laughs> huh, what does dude use? Yeah, it's dude. My what? my my birth name is not dude. <laughs> I wish well, it were. I wish it was. <laughs> Man, that would be sweet. <laughs> yeah, I just started, uh, you know, it started really just saying the word. I, I say the word dude. I call my wife dude. I call everyone dude all the time. Men, women, children, dogs, cats, doesn't matter. But uh, Big Lebowski, that really, I love that movie and that whole thing. 
the whole dude thing. So for fantasy football and all kinds of stuff, I was, you know, fantasy football dude or poker dude, if I'm playing poker or whatever. And it just kind of became what I use so that, um, people who actually know me won't bother me when I'm online. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the benefit of a pseudonym. If you were born 15 years later, you'd probably be bro. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. I do say bro a lot too. Lots of bro man and dude. I don't know with this new age, I'm going to have to mix it up a little bit more. I like dude. It's better than bro. All right, so yeah, why don't you uh, why don't you guys hit us up in some various ways? There's Twitter, etc. We'll get a little bit more into some new communities and ways for us to communicate with each other. But uh, let us know what what pseudonyms do you use and why? It's a fun discussion. All right, so I think we're uh, we're getting back to the music. Okay, so I chose uh, the album Around the World in a Day, which was released in April 1985. Uh, This is the the follow-up to the gigantic Purple Rain album. Why don't we start with a a track? Um, This is Paisley Park. That's uh, the second song on the album. So uh, the three words uh, I chose to to describe the album uh, are eclectic, which again I, I think is a bit of a, a cop out or a crutch when it comes to, to Prince albums, because as I'm finding out, they're all they're all very eclectic. But you're also limit you're limited to three words, so it's okay. Right. Um, I did opulent, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which nice. uh, I think was on the SA, SATs, yeah. uh, and then uh, and short. Um, com- compared to the the two albums you guys, uh, you know, brought to the table, this this one's short. And it, as albums were in those days, uh, I think the runtime was like forty two or forty three minutes. Yeah, that's the sweet spot, man. Oh, that's so nice. So I, nice. When I was younger, I thought the longer the better, but as I've gotten older, I I find that to condense the best stuff in thirty to forty minutes is better Agreed. than an Agreed. hour. Yeah. So. Um, so the reason I, I guess I was drawn to this album uh, was because it was the follow-up to Purple Rain, uh, which was, you know, just a, a huge, uh, you know, career-changing, uh, you know, uh, event for, for Prince. I mean, he had a lot of, I mean, he had success before that, but I mean, Purple Rain was, uh, was, was huge. So, you know, I'm always curious uh, or intrigued by how an artist uh, responds to that success. You know, do they... Do they follow that same path? Are they trying to recreate the, the magic or do they rebel against it and go in a completely um, different direction? Uh, and, you know, with this album, I don't know. I, I think it's overrated the extent to which it's, um, not purple rain. I mean, the, it's, hmm. it's, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause everyone talks about how it's like he, completely departed from his sound to create to create something new because he's not going to do what people expect or what the man says. Yeah, and I think, you know, some of, there's some, you know, superficial examples of that. So, you know, for example, the, the album cover doesn't have his face on it. I believe he didn't release a, a single to, to radio or to MTV uh, until a month after the album came out. Um, you know, so that so that was interesting. It is a different album from from Purple Rain. There's you know more instruments you know perhaps it's a a, a little more dense 
maybe more more eclectic. There's that there's that word again. Mm-hmm. But I, I think you could take any individual track from Purple Rain and stick it on this album. And I think just because it is such a diverse album, you could fit almost anything on it. Um, but on the other hand, I don't know that you could put songs from this album on Purple Rain. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think Raspberry Beret could could fit there okay. Um, but yeah, like on, on Purple Rain, um, Take Me With You, I think sounds like a song f- from this album. It has that kind of little more ex- experimental, a little less aggressive, I guess, is is what this album is to yeah. me compared to Purple Rain. Yeah. It's more of a, it feels more like a vibe record to me. It's like it's pretty chill com- for comparatively. Yeah. Especially, especially the song we just played, Paisley Park. I think such a nice, breezy elegance to it. I, I really found myself grieving to that song a lot in particular. Yeah, I made a mistake not getting into this when it came out. Purple Rain was so huge. And then there's one video that I saw for Raspberry Bray, which I loved that song. But at that time, I was so driven by what was on pop radio and what Casey Kasem was listing each weekend that if Prince songs weren't in there, I wasn't aware that there was more to it. And I just was like, well, that doesn't sound like Purple Rain. So moving on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, another aspect of the record that I think might be uh, exaggerated is the the psychedelic nature of it. Uh, I mean, the album cover looks psychedelic, you know, looks like a Beatles cover or something. Uh, so I think, mm-hmm. you know, that's part of the reason people think of, uh, um, it, it is a psychedelic album. I mean, what is psychedelic anyway? I mean, usually it's just a, it's a sonic experience. It means there's, there's extra sounds in there that you can pick up when you're listening closely on headphones. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the lyrics are pretty straightforward. You know, when I think of psychedelic, I, I tend to think of stream of consciousness stuff or sort of, um, you know, dreamlike or fantasy you know type themes and uh, you know that's not really the the case with with this album don two words paisley park right i mean that in and of itself at that time was enough oh that's hippie stuff that's like that's psychedelic because it's paisley and it's penny lane park (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) it is but then i think once you get into like the b-side of the record it doesn't hold up much at all like you got like no hop life is a very poppy glittery song and i like the closing track there temptation is like a super funky almost like rock song so i mean that's to me i i totally agree don like i read that a lot uh andy you brought up uh temptation uh why don't we play a a, a clip of that this is maybe the most rockingest <laughs> uh song on the album but also rock and funk i guess you would say big giant sound That's more like it. Yeah. Some of the best freak out experience, Prince. Just anybody, yeah. just 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 freak out on this mic for ten seconds. Yep, he's a freak out master. I mean, the way that he was able to do those screams and and bring always paired with guitar, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, if you want to, you know, listen to something, you know, when you're high, uh, the end of that album, uh, I think it's like a conversation with God or something. Really, I miss that. God tells him, you know, not to want sex or something. Uh, I don't know. You'll have to, you'll have to check that. I, I should have, maybe that should have been the, the clip. 
<laughs> I think we're better off with the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> um, so at the end of Temptation, yeah, that comes on. Yeah, then? there's a, it goes on for a while. Yeah, I, I think it's a conversation with with God, um, or maybe his penis. I, I think it's God. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much same thing. <laughs> I think at times in his life, perhaps his penis was his God. <laughs> uh, yeah. He he was he was raised very religiously, and then later in his life, he converted to Jehovah's Witness. So. Oh. I think I'm Jehovah's Witness. No kidding. Yeah, I think like in 2010 or somewhere in the 2000s, he he became Jehovah's Witness, and then a lot of his albums were about spiritual stuff, and he yeah. kind of laid off on the sex stuff. Yeah. Uh, just a, a few more things uh, about the album. Well, I mean, you mentioned Raspberry Beret. I mean, what a huge pop song. Uh, again, I, I hate to use the word the Beatles, <laughs> you know, because that's another crutch, you know, comparing people to the Beatles. But um, yeah, it feels like a, you know, kind of a, a Beatles pop record to me. You know, I think Prince is, you know, denied the Beatles influence on this album. Uh, but I'm not sure you can ever trust an artist, uh, you know, because, <laughs> you know, if, if yeah. everybody's asking him about the Beatles influence, you know, he might want to contradict right. that. Um, and then. <laughs> There are some touches of, of soul and gospel on this album, you know, Condition of the Heart, uh, the second to last song, uh, the latter, gospel, soul stuff. So, um, kind of all, you know, all over the place. Um, but I think, you know, it holds together somehow. So, uh, you know, this is, uh, this is a great album, in my opinion. Yeah. In some ways, this is kind of his biggest trick is having all these diverse sounds and somehow coalescing them into a cohesive record. I think so far in these two we've talked about, he does somehow manage to do it. Mm -hmm. It's cool. Yeah, I, I mean, this this huge discography that we've all tried to delve into, I mean, all you listening out there, my God, there's a lot of records, and you can find something, uh, uh, there's a nugget of gold in every single one of them, and sometimes it's a whole basket of it. But uh, yeah, this is a much better album. I've loved it over the last 10, 15 years than I gave it credit for at the time. Because at the time I was chasing hits as a youngster. <laughs> chasing hits. Yep. Okay. So that was uh, Around the World in a, a Day from, from 1985. All right. And now a word from our sponsor, us. <laughs> this is friendship. Pure, unadulterated friendship. I am. So as we've alluded to earlier in the show, we are trying something new out, community-wise, social-wise. We set up a Album Nerds Discord. Perhaps you've heard of the community-based platform. Yeah, you should join us there. We're talking about albums, talking about what we're listening to, talking about what's going to be on the show. You can interact with us directly. Just go to albumnerds.com slash discord. Talk with like-minded nerds. We suggest topics for the show. We kind of get a sneak peek at what we're working on next. So be sure to check it out. Albumnerds.com slash Discord. You can uh, become become a nerd yourself. Join us. Please. All right, funky one. This is going to be the final entry into the show. We're going with a more recent release by Prince Rogers Nelson. It's called Artificial Age. From 2014, we're going to listen to a clip from the song Breakfast Can Wait. Oh, 
All right, so that was a little Breakfast Can Wait from uh, Prince's 2014 album, Artificial Age. And uh, Breakfast Can Wait is pretty freaking sweet. Uh, it's his usual sort of sensual self. That's what I like about this album. His, his, the touches of the personality that I grew up knowing in the, in the 80s and a uh, little bit of a comeback in my opinion. So I'll sum it up into three words and i used letters the letter u and the number two to uh fit the the prince thing the theme <laughs> true to you because that's this album to me is a, a, a self-examination of prince trying looking at himself and who really is he this kid prince that grew up with a father that was a verbally abusive with uh he would have um, seizures and didn't have friends and was nervous and afraid and didn't like talking to people. And this person that turned himself into this rock god guy with, uh, you know, all the confidence in the world. But at the heart of it, he really wants to get back to the man that he is and let go of all that, be himself and let go of all that stuff. So that's what I saw in this record. <laughs> and man, that sounded like a good breakfast. Uh, fellas. <laughs> Fellas, <laughs> what what are your thoughts? You know, basic light opinions here. Um, well, it, uh, I didn't realize until I actually heard him saying it, but I didn't get the what that art official was artificial. It was kind of like when I when I realized <laughs> Florida was Florida. Um, but <laughs> um, yeah, it helps to see it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, again, I mean, this is another one I was um, pleasantly surprised by. You know, again, I mean, in 2014, you know, Prince was was not on my on my radar, and you know, I'm just I'm happy that in he was still going and still uh, and still doing well. I mean, this is a this is an excellent album, I, I think. Um, yeah, I, you know, I'm fairly favorable on this record as well. Um, I think this was one of the first modern day Prince records I'd heard at the time it came out and listened to it quite a bit and still came back to it. I think it holds up pretty well for the later part of his discography. It's probably among, among his better ones of the 2010s. Yeah. I think the album before it, which was four years previous was called 2010 or 2010. I'm not sure which and that was pretty good, but th there were a lot of instrumental records in those years in between. There were a couple of ins fully instrumental. There were, a lot of independently released albums, and this was a return to Warner Brothers. He signed, right. you know, went back. Yeah. So I think there was there was just this whole feeling of return. He takes all these modern day sounds, mixes them with the old Prince, lots of uh, dub stuff, and all that that I can't stand normally. But Prince does it just right. So let's do <laughs> a couple seconds here. I would never choose that, <laughs> but he found a way to to take the the sounds I'm familiar with and then blend this stuff in yeah. beautifully. Where I actually am dancing around to that, which if I heard that from some other artists, I'd be like, "Gross!" <laughs> you know, so. He really is. Uh, I mean, I think he's a, a great like bridge artist. You know, I mean, if you're not into hip hop or you're not into R&B, you know, maybe on the other side, if, you, if you're not into rock, I, I think he's a great person to maybe, you know, bring you into that, uh, into that realm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is really interesting to hear those older sounds mixed. 
don't know if it always works necessarily, but it's it's a cool concept. I give him credit for trying. And he doesn't. Um, I mean. It, all the artists I like are Prince's age. And, you know, sometimes, you know, their albums in the, in the two thousands, you know, they're trying to, to be modern and mm-hmm. it sounds, you know, a little for here, you know, here's an, uh, you know, an older artist trying to sound modern and it doesn't feel that way with Prince. It just feels natural. One of the other, uh, elements I'll bring up is. The re- well, there's a couple. The return of a couple of characters from previous albums, Camille, which was going to be a whole album of him in this sort of falsetto, sped up voice from a woman's perspective. Camille makes a couple appearances here, the Camille voice, as well as Bob George from the Black Album shows up with sort of a deeper rapping voice. Uh, so these characters, just these little calls back to the past without redoing old songs that was pretty cool plus a little sci-fi concept where prince has gone 45 wakes up 45 years in the future and uh it's really about that theme i said where it's this be yourself find uh the truth in yourself um kind of concept where he goes to this new world where he can let go of all of the parties and uh, he doesn't care about those memories. He, he would take that time. He wants the time back, you know, and that's what happens as we get older. And, and that's what he very coolly sprinkles in here without being preachy. And all of that comes to a head of being yourself, coming back home to your true self and getting, losing all those those trappings of life and coming uh, home. That is, of course, illustrated in the song Way Back Home, which is then referenced in the final track, Affirmation 3, and it all kind of comes together. That's a really good point, man. I would just say, you know, people, I think, often talk down the 2000s prints. I think there's some good stuff in there, and I, I would probably start mm-hmm. with this one if you're going to explore photography after yeah. the 90s. Um there really are some good, some good hidden gems, and I think this one has quite a few of them. Yeah, kicks off great with Artificial Cage, and you'll get into it immediately. Um, two albums released after this, Hit and Run and Hit and Run Phase Two, less focused, but still good. But this, Pretty to me, good. to me of of the last albums of his career, this is the one. No, I, I mean, I, I'm again pleasantly surprised. So I just want to, you know, thank you for for bringing this one to to my attention because I, I enjoyed it. That's what we're here for, man. Hopefully other people out there will uh, discover some new albums and some new uh, Prince fanship. So uh, if you like this one, again, it's called Artificial Age from 2014. Word up. All right. So we've got a couple housekeeping things to take care of at the end of the show here. I think the most exciting thing, got to get ready for next week's show and see uh, what our musical destiny holds in store for us. By doing that, we need to give the wheel a spin. I'm your density. I mean, your destiny. All right, here we go. Anticipation. New release. New release. All right. So a new release is defined as an album released in the last 12 months. So uh, we'll get out hunting. All right. Yeah. So be sure to tune in next week for three new release recommendations. Cool. All right, so uh, what's your favorite Prince album? Um, where the hell is Purple Rain? What have you been listening to lately? Uh, let us know. <laughs> Join your fellow album nerds on Discord at albumnerds.com. 
forward slash discord. You can also email us at podcast at albumnerds.com or leave a voicemail at 585-210-2454. We also have Instagram and Twitter. That's uh, at Album Nerds. Uh, Also, if you want to support us, not just spiritually, but also financially, uh, you can do so via (laughs) PayPal uh, at albumnerds.com slash support. Um, Also, you know, leave us a, a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. All right. So with that being said, we'll be back uh, next week. So uh, thanks for listening. See you then. Bye. I think Don should have a signature goodbye, like, so long, (laughs) folks, or something. And that's the way the cookie crumbles. There you go. (laughs) 